This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one on the first day of June, 2021, Travis Schreier alongside my BamaOnline.com partner in crime, Mr. Charlie Potter. Charlie, man, where do we start? So much stuff going on on this first day of June. I guess we'll start on the Diamonds, Alabama baseball, picking up an at-large berth to the 2021 NCAA baseball tournament that one that one was a little bit uh up in the air i guess we could say heading into the selection process on monday it was yeah um it, you know we're pretty used to talking about an alabama team on the bubble but it's usually the men's basketball team and of course you know that wasn't the case this past season with um the success of nato's program so we had to get it in somewhere i guess and and baseball was it but uh i think the win over tennessee up in hoover in the sec tournament um probably pushed them in and watching the selection show i think it was probably 50 50 on set of who believed alabama deserved a spot or not but it goes to show also just the strength of the sec um it's the best baseball uh, conference in the country and um, you know alabama was able to win double digit games there again being able to win a couple games in hoover i think was really big and we talked about that um heading into hoover so um yeah i mean i think they're excited you know brad bohannon's talked about you know, way before the season started how much he enjoys being around this group and, and they get to at least be together for another weekend uh in ruston and they didn't get a bad draw, really. Um, you know, maybe they can they can sneak out of it, um, but I think it is a step in the right in the right direction for the program. I just posted a story uh, on the site about the progress uh, this shows, and um, you know, just some comments from from Bohannon and, and Greg Burns. So yeah, I mean, again, it, we're pretty used to bubble talk, but uh, I think the the baseball team they're they're pretty excited to be going back to regionals and being in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2014. Yeah, kind of a difficult road in getting there, but ultimately, this was the destination you sort of anticipated for this Alabama baseball team and this program under Brad Bohannon, a spot primarily in Hoover in the SEC tournament. They check that box. They check a box with an NCAA regional berth, Uh, and I think it's realistic to think they can win a game in Ruston because even if they drop Friday's game, to say NC State, maybe they win that game. Who knows? But even if they don't, they're looking at, in all likelihood, Ryder in a loser's bracket game on Saturday. So as far as best case and worst case scenarios for the upcoming weekend, sure, winning the regional, maybe making it to the final even on Sunday, those would probably rank 
as best case scenarios, but worst case, you want to you you don't want to come back without a win. You, you at least want to add a a postseason win, a regional win to this 2021 resume, right? Yeah, I think so. And um, you know, going back to the comments that I was talking about from from Bohannon and Byrne, um, really what what Greg Byrne said that kind of his benchmark was was to get back to Hoover. You know, they haven't been there in a while. And so I think they're they're sort of exceeding expectations because of what they've dealt with uh, from an injury standpoint. And you know, we saw the news about Connor Prelip and him having Tommy John surgery. They've had other pitchers that have been out, like Antoine Jean. So they've had to deal with some stuff this season. And uh, I do think, though, with how they've been able to to play in, in certain matchups, again, that game against Tennessee was really big. I think winning a game in Ruston um, – is an accomplishment. Uh, they would, of course, like to continue their season and be able to advance to super regional play. But um, with what they've dealt with, I think getting to this point and you know, salvaging a win, I, I think that's a, a job well done by Brad Bohannon and this team. Speaking of a team that's overcome a good bit of adversity, the Alabama softball team for the 13th time in program history takes two from Big Blue, Kentucky, Games one and two, to be exact, on its way to securing its latest bid to the Women's College World Series, a team that really, say a month and a half ago, I don't know if most folks saw Alabama maybe making it still to the Women's College World Series, but the vibe around this team right now is go ahead and win it all, seeing as how they've won 18 straight at this point. Again, that's where... It's most unrealistic a month and a half ago to think that kind of run was in this team. But here they are, winners of 18 in a row and headed to Oklahoma City. And a team still with plenty of star power in Montana Fouts, Bailey Hempel, Kaylee Tao, Alexis Mack, all SEC, all America caliber type talent. But I guess, too, for this team, it's been as much about those who have answered the bell as anything else. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about another team that's just dealt with injuries, um, but they've been they've been hot. You know, they look like a team that can compete for a national championship. And when you have someone uh, like Montana Fouts, a pitcher of her caliber, you have this team really trending in the right direction at the right time. That's what you want going into Oklahoma City. So a different vibe when you talk about the the diamonds for the, the men to the women. But yeah, I think Alabama is a team that. They certainly have a, a chance to to bring home a national championship. It's going to be fun to watch them, you know, coming up here soon. Yeah, it's a team that, to borrow a sort of music business term, is very much in the pocket right now. They are just together. You wondered about some of the reserves that were thrust into roles of prominence. Taylor Clark, among others, have been really, really good when needed to be. You look at Taylor Clark, and she's hitting under two hundred, but then. She has delivered at some key times, and we'll see if they can continue that because it's going to take a complete effort once you get out to OKC and you start uh, play on Thursday night against a very good Arizona team that's coming off a 2-0 and performance at uh, Arkansas over the weekend in Super Regional play. So it doesn't get any easier. But as you said, when you have someone the caliber of Montana Fouts at the most important position in the sport right there in the circle – it doesn't hurt. And also it doesn't hurt that Lexi Kilfoyle showed you in game two against Kentucky that she is perhaps capable of delivering in some big spots. Charlie, we're about to get football heavy here on the podcast. Um, 
you look at some of the roster stuff here of late. I know you've noted this for us on BamaOnline.com, whether it's on the roundtable and or uh, content items of note. Uh, some roster news potentially, I guess. We see this with Alabama in terms of its official roster at RollTide.com. Guys drop off. Guys seemingly reappear. <laughs> uh, when we talk about instances involving Jerez Parks, though, the veteran outside linebacker here most recently and before that, Charlie Scott, the walk-on punter who was uh, largely in charge of that position a year ago. Uh, where are we at right now with that? And again, understanding, too, that this is sort of a free year coming up, free season coming up in terms of scholarship limitations. Uh, but at the same time, I'm guessing Nick Saban, because he's got a factor recruiting into all this for the class of 2022, uh, he doesn't want his eyes to – uh, his stomach to get bigger than his eyes, I guess, as far as that roster size and trying to keep it to that lean and mean 85 as best as possible. Yeah, and really the latest developments haven't affected what we've been tracking in terms of numbers because we've talked about it on a past podcast where Jerez Parks wasn't on the 8A game roster. Um, I didn't really hear anything about him in the spring. Um, so he's a guy that we just kind of didn't add into the numbers because it, it kind of sounds like he might just be stepping away uh, from football, which I mean, granted, he's a guy who's had a, an interesting career to say the least, you know, being a top 100 recruit and committing to Alabama as a great shirt candidate uh, in the class of 2017. And we know how, you know, stacked now that that class was with all these first round draft picks. But, um, you know, he, he redshirted in 2018. He's played in six total games the last two years, including one last year. And, um, you know, Alabama's just continuing to get stronger and stronger, you know, off the edge of that outside linebacker position. You have Chris Allen and Will Anderson returning. You have some promising young players like King Makuda, Drew Sanders, Chris Braswell. You're, you're bringing in some talented players in Dallas Turner and Keanu Coots. So, um, you know, it's a, it, it makes sense. Um, and then with with Charlie Scott too, you have to take into account, you know, his military responsibilities, his obligations there. Coming over from Air Force, usually that's just a one year deal, and it's kind of a surprise to see him back on campus this spring. Uh, but you know, with the addition of Jack Martin, the transfer from Troy, um, it almost seemed like the writing was on the wall there in terms of what was going to happen. So, you know, Charlie Scott was a walk on. You know, Jack Martin comes in as a walk on as well. And then, like I said, we haven't really been factoring in Jerez Parks into the roster situation. So they're still at 89. That's with the um, subtractions of guys like Ronald Williams and Brandon Turnage who entered the transfer portal. And then, of course, the additions of guys like Jamison Williams and, and Henry Tolatoa. So I do think Nick Saban would probably like to get to that 85 like we're talking about. Um, of course, it helps from recruiting, but just from a consistency standpoint. So I wouldn't be shocked to see other guys enter the portal. Of course, I'm not going to guess on who that is. But, um, yeah, the the roster is always fluid and the numbers always work out. I, I've learned that from Tim Watts. <laughs> yeah, they, the, numbers will, the numbers will be what they're going to be, and they tend to always be what they need to be. But, yeah, you look around college football for the upcoming season, there's going to be some teams with 90-plus scholarship players coming off the COVID year. And then in 2022, they've got to be back to the 85. It's almost like if the NFL said, okay, for one year, no salary cap, go out and spend all you want. But guess what? Next year, you're going to have to be under, or you're going to have to be at the hard cap. And so nothing's free, is it, Charlie? In life or in college football where scholarship numbers are concerned. 
No, and I, I think with someone like Nick Saban, who's just a masterful planner, um, it, it, like I said, it's not going to surprise me to see Alabama get to, to 85 just to, to help out next season. So Maintain that continuity. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I know that with the uh, one-year transfer rule, uh, free agencies upon us, you know, Teams are probably being hyperactive in the portal and just, you know, catching up with you know, some of Alabama's opponents for the 2021 season, just seeing the guys that have left teams and have joined teams. It's it's hard to keep track of. So I, I know that you know, there are probably some coaching staffs that they see guys in the portal and, and jump at that. But you have to be mindful of this is, you know, going to be affecting your roster down the road. And, you know, with the recruiting now wide open with the, the dead period, uh, lifted, you know, you, you want to focus on that as well. So I, I think, again, Nick Saban and his staff will be mindful. I wouldn't be surprised to see some guys enter the portal just to get to them down to that number. And, um, you know, we'll see, though. We've got a long way until the season gets here. I think I said stomach bigger than your eyes. I think it's actually, in it eyes bigger than your stomach? My hands yeah, I thought you from time to time. Yourself. Yeah, I don't know hands bigger than my stomach sometimes depending on what we're talking about here it always <laughs> ends up going back to food for me sadly no doubt about that well i'll tell you where it, it's about to go back to for charlie and myself it's about to go back to that alabama defense the much anticipated 2021 version of the alabama crimson tide football defense we are going to conduct after the break our very own defensive player draft from the Alabama roster for the 2021 season, courtesy of Charlie Potter. Charlie came up with this idea, so he gets he gets executive producer credits. I don't think there's any like financial benefit to that, unfortunately, Charlie. There's no like royalties or points or anything like that. But uh, good stuff from Charlie, and we look to have some fun. We're gonna pick 11 players each. So yeah, we're gonna be talking about, in our opinion, at least the top 22 defensive players for Alabama heading into the 2021 season. We'll do that on the Bama online podcast right here, right now, right after this. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H track, all wheel drive and three row seating. My whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey back with more of the bama online podcast travis ryer and charlie potter with you if you haven't already how about a subscription to the podcast simple as a click or two it's absolutely free while you're there if you would leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate that as well. Without further ado, Charlie, let's get into it. Uh, defensive player draft for the Alabama Crimson Tide looking ahead to the 2021 season. Charlie, we're going to do this for the offense too. So what we'll do, your idea, you came up with this. So you get the first pick on the first installment of the player draft. We'll do offense coming up here very soon on the Bama online podcast. So Charlie, there you go with the number one defensive selection for this player draft. Who are you taking number one overall? I looked at this like an NFL draft and 
thinking of which positions kind of come off the board first and of course with it not being offense the, the quarterbacks off the board uh, so we don't have to worry about that but uh, and, and we've talked about this before um, on past podcasts where uh, if, if Tua was Nick Saban's best shot at a number one overall pick uh, at least from an Alabama perspective and I threw out Will Anderson I think he has the potential if he continues on the trajectory he's on to to be just a, a force off the edge so you always have to be able to get pressure on quarterbacks and be able to stop them from a defensive back standpoint. So with my number one overall pick, I'm going with uh, now sophomore linebacker Will Anderson. Well, it's a good thing you did, Charlie, because if you didn't, I was going with Will Anderson. <laughs> Absolutely. You got to go Will Anderson. I would think number one overall for this Alabama defense. I'm going to go with another linebacker, though. This one inside, I'm going to go with Christian Harris heading into his third year. The true junior, I love not only his ability to play sideline to sideline, he showed signs of improvement in coverage, had the pretty interception against Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl win over the Irish last post uh, postseason. Um, I think you can keep him on the field. You know, He's an every-down guy. I think you can even do some things with him as a pass rusher, maybe in the dime, looking ahead to this season, but... If Will Anderson's number one for you, Christian Harris is number one for me. Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, I kind of marked him off thinking that if I took Will Anderson, that's what I would go. And, uh, I'm still going to stick to the, the NFL model just in terms of what you see come off the board. And again, you know, talked about getting pressure on the quarterback. You also have to be able to stop those quarterbacks in terms of, you know, defending through the air. So for me, I looked at positions where, although there are talented players, I think he's obviously at the top of the pecking order. So I'm going to go at corner and I'm going to take Josh Job off the mm-hmm. board with my second mm-hmm. pick. I like the pick. And I've got, by the way, if you're wondering, we do, in fact, have a draft board, right? You've got a yep. draft board in front of you. I've got – we are positioned in our respective war rooms, <laughs> taking this very, very seriously. Absolutely, corner value uh, makes a lot of sense, especially in today's game. And Josh Joe being anticipated to be that next guy at that spot for Alabama. So with Josh Job off the board, I'm going with another inside linebacker, man. I'm going inside mm-hmm. linebacker overload. Henry – Toa Toa, which I will say this, though, with what we've seen from Jalen Moody, I don't know if there's as much value in going inside linebacker two picks in a row, because I think at some point down the road, there's a lot of value in in what we've seen from Jalen Moody, but I, I can't turn it down. I can't turn down the potential scenario, Charlie, of having two early round, early picks for the 2022 draft right there in the middle of my defense. I couldn't, I couldn't look away from it, Charlie. Yeah. I mean, it hurts seeing those guys come <laughs> off the board, not getting one of them. Uh, I do agree though. You mentioned Jalen Moody. I, I would feel good with 42 in the middle of my defense and going back to the eight, a game. Um, you know, you can, you can just pick a, a young guy, really all of them played well. So that takes a little pressure off me. I can wait now on some inside linebackers. And if mm-hmm. you're going to load up like that, I'm going to cut you down and, and take Chris Allen, my third pick. There you uh, go. Maybe a little bit of a reach given some of the guys on my board, but I've, I've said it many times. I think, you know, Will Anderson and Chris Allen can be uh, the best pass rushing duo in the country. I think they'll clearly be that in the SEC, but what they were able to do last year 
given that Will Anderson was only a true freshman and, you know, we, we saw Chris Allen really step into that role for the first time. And I think they could be even better this season, especially if they can get some help there in the middle and there's consistency at inside linebackers. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll lock down two potential all American pass rushers with my top three picks. All about the edge so far for Charlie Potter. I've stuck with the interior of my defense again, though I'm looking for versatility. I'm thinking in dime, Dime rabbits. If I got Henry, maybe I play him at the Mac and then I'm able to do some different things with Christian Ayers. But as far as every down type of scenarios on the edge, got to be able to set edges against a run. And Charlie's in really good shape, not only with Will Anderson and Christopher Allen, Josh O, physical dude out there on the perimeter as well against the quick game and the run game. So that leaves me with my number three defensive pick. The top five guys on my board, by the way, are all gone now. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty much followed the, the the path of what I laid out on my own board. So, gosh, I think I'm going to go here. I'm going to push this guy up my board a little bit, actually, and I'm going to go with a healthy Malachi Moore, working under Ooh. the assumption. I know that's a little high, but I got to get perimeter at some point. I've been inside the whole time. I'm working on the assumption it will be a good-to-go, ready Malachi Moore, a guy that we didn't see at the end of the 2020 season in the college football playoff, a guy we really didn't see in the spring uh, or at A-Day. So a little bit of a little bit of a risk here, but I love – what I love about Malachi Moore is I got a guy who can play corner. I got a guy who can play star, as we saw last year. And I got a guy that can play safety. I got a Swiss Army knife in the secondary there. So I went with value. And again, under the assumption that Malachi Moore returns to full health, I'm going Malachi Moore very high on the board there at number three overall, Charlie. Yeah, the way I had it set up, um, I think the guy I'm going to go with, I thought might be off the board in the, in the top six picks, maybe that five, six range. So I think I'm getting value here. So I'm going to go back to the secondary and go with Jordan Battle as my fourth pick at safety. And there's uh, my sixth overall guy. So our top <laughs> six guys are off my board now. Yeah, I just think, though, um, you know, I think Jordan Battle had a good season last year. I think he's come into his own uh, there at the safety position. You know, he'll be entering his third season. It's potential money year for him. So I, I think with, you know, there's a lot of talented young players, maybe not a lot, but a few talented young players at the safety position. But he's the most experienced. He's been consistent. And, uh, yeah, I think just having him, uh, a guy that Nick Saban almost called out this spring just for, you know, maybe stepping up as a leader that shows what they want to see out of him, what they think he can be. Uh, if he buys into that and, uh, is that leader for this defense, I think he's a special player. I like the pick. You got a guy right there now in the middle of your secondary can make those calls and intangibly step it up perhaps from a leadership perspective and, Played a lot of football the last couple of seasons in Jordan Battle. I'm going to go safety as well. I'm going to go DeMarco Ellums. I think he could be a guy that whereas we're expecting Josh Job, we're expecting Jordan Battle to be those next guys up, perhaps even where the NFL draft is concerned in 2022. I think DeMarco Ellums has that potential as well. Probably more along the lines of Landon Collins in terms of skill set when you talk about safeties. I love the way he'll bring it and lay the lumber in the middle of the field. You saw some of that even in the A-Day game. Had some pretty big hits, one on Jalil Billingsley. But 
Helms has also shown he can work at some sub package roles if needed uh, in the past, but I'm going to go might be a little high though, really to, to go with a safety here, but I, I like him and I think big things are on the way for DeMarco Helms. So he's my fourth guy off the board. I like DeMarco Helms too. I think he's in for a big season. We kind of saw him take over you know, that spot that Daniel Wright held for most of the year in the, the playoff. I thought he played really well. And uh, he's another guy that can, can bring the, bring the lumber. Um, I wanted him a little later, but uh, I don't, I don't disagree at all with taking him there. Uh, kind of surprising that going into to pick five for both of us that we haven't set a defensive lineman. So I, I think that also though, it shows the depth there. There's a, there's a bunch of players that you could take. I think Alabama has a solid six man rotation, if not more, uh, you know, this fall. So I'm going to take the first one off the board. It might be a little bit of surprise, but I think he was the most consistent guy last year. He kind of had a little bit of a breakout season. I think he can be the leader for that defensive line. So with my fifth pick, I'm going to go with Phil Mathis there on the defensive line. Yeah. There were times last season where Mathis, uh, from a playmaking perspective, was really the next guy behind Christian Barmore. So at some point, you obviously uh, absolutely need to start looking up front. I'm with you. I think depth there is kind of keeping some of these guys down our boards a little bit. There are more than one or two guys that are kind of alike when you mm-hmm. get into this group, uh, and you're really sort of waiting for one of them to emerge. I think, like you said, We've seen more of that probably from Phil in the last year or two than we have from some of these other guys. But, you know, when I look at that fifth overall spot, um, I'm going to go defensive line as well. And I'm going to go with a war daddy in DJ Dale. I know for Alabama fans, especially roundtable members from time to time, they're saying DJ Dale. Well, again, sort of <laughs> like with Malachi Moore, I'm anticipating the healthy version of DJ Dale. And if he can do that, he's going to be in there in the, in the base. He's going to be in there in the big nickel. And I know there's a lot of people too, that say, Hey, I take Tim Smith over DJ Dale. But as we move through spring and we got into a day, who was the guy out there with the first group? It was still DJ Dale. That's not to say Tim Smith's not going to play a lot of football. Maybe at some point Tim Smith is too productive, too disruptive to keep off the field. But right now I'm going with sort of a, safe pick i think you could say and dj dale there at five overall yeah i I posted um my number 24 most important player for the 2020 season today and it was tim smith and i gave him the nod over dj dale just because dj has been hurt Uh, he's been a little inconsistent um you know the last year or so since he really suffered those injuries as a true freshman and i do think that tim smith has a bright future but the reason that he's at 24 and not higher is because of DJ Dale. Um, I think that, yeah, he does get slept on by fans. Um, again, he hasn't been healthy, so I will be interested to see what he looks like this this season. But you can't go wrong having a big man in the middle of your defensive line. But I'm not going defensive line this pick. I'm excited that he fell to me at number six. Um, you talked about Malachi Moore and the, the versatility uh, I'm going to go with Brian Branch with my sixth pick because he can play safety. He can play in the box. Um, you know, those two are kind of linked together because we saw Brian Branch really uh, 
for the most part through most of the preseason was the guy at star as a true freshman coming in last summer and then had a little bit of a setback and now like Malachi Moore took over you reversed those tables a little bit this spring Malachi Moore was out with the injury lingering from the 2020 season and Brian Branch you know consistently worked with the first team he's going to be on the field in some capacity think he has a bright future so I will definitely take a versatile member of that secondary to add to mine with the sixth pick my sixth pick I know I'm looking at two nose tackles, but I'm thinking I can use Tim Smith in some different ways. Yes, I love it. I love it. I knew where you were going. You know, really, you know I knew where you were going. But I, I and again, I'm I'm all the way up the middle. I'm putting together like the 2011 Alabama defense right now. I got two inside linebackers, a star defensive back, and then I've got a safety, one nose tackle. But I can't look away. From the upside of Tim Smith. And I think when you get into some of those nickel and maybe even the dime a little bit, Tim Smith is a guy that from an interior pass rush perspective uh, might be very difficult to keep off the field. So, yeah, hell yeah. Give me Tim Smith there at number six overall, Charlie. That one hurt. I had him. I had him almost penciled in at number seven. I thought you were going to go a different route. Uh-huh. Uh, I was feeling really good about my team. Not that I'm not, <laughs> not wavering, but if I had Tim Smith with number seven, I was going to be really excited. Um, working at my team, I only have one defensive lineman. And since there's been a little bit of a run on them, I'm going to continue that. And, you know, we talked about DJ Dale and how um, he wasn't really healthy. This guy can't really stay healthy, but I think if he can, he's a guy that can be that. I'm going with the pass rush. He can be that interior presence for Alabama. And so, you know, we saw him do more and more as the spring progressed. He played in the 8A game. And so I'm going to go with LeBron Ray at number seven, take a flyer maybe on a guy that has a, has a prove-it year in front of him. You know, He came back, and if he can prove that elbow's healthy, if he can stay on the field, I think he can be a very productive you know, member of that defensive line. So I'll, I'll take LeBron Ray at seven, give me two defensive linemen. And, uh, yeah, so what's your seventh pick? Yeah, you know, LeBron Ray being there at seven – at the seventh pick that tells you the injuries he's had because there was sort of an expectation very early in his career that he wouldn't be around this year at all he would be one of these guys that we've already seen make the jump to the nfl but the injuries have been such a problem for him at number seven overall i guess it's time i go corner i i haven't done it yet and I think there's some potential value here. Well, I guess I've done it. Malachi Moore is a guy that I could play out there. So I'm going to go ahead and, and go perimeter in, in full here. And I'm going to go Jalen Armour Davis at number seven overall, a guy that I probably wouldn't have anticipated taking maybe in my top 11, in my 11 picks at all prior to March. But by all accounts, a very strong spring. Thought we saw him do some very nice things in the spring game, especially when he was matched up. With Javon Baker, three pass breakups, I believe it was, in the spring game for Jalen Armour Davis. Look, it may ultimately end up being someone else at the corner opposite Josh Joe, but with what I saw from Jalen Armour Davis, I feel good about taking him a veteran presence there at number seven at the corner spot. Yeah, with you doing that, I'm going to I'm gonna round out my secondary since we're doing 11 picks. And uh, I'm going to take Kool-Aid. I'm going to take Jaquincy McKinstry. Josh Job and, and Jalen Armour Davis are off the board. I could play Brian Branch at uh, the safety spot opposite of Jordan Battle. 
so to to pair the true freshman with with Job, I, I think that's a that's a solid matchup. I, I think Kool Aid is a guy that is going to continue to compete for that starting spot. You know, maybe he carves out a role as a returner, but I think he had a solid spring. He looked good in the A day game. And um, heck, if we're doing a keeper league, McKinstry might be the guy to 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 buy stock in and, and to save sure. for a couple of seasons. So yeah, I'll I'll go with the true freshman corner there at eight. Yeah, that's a. It doesn't sound like a safe pick because he is a true freshman, but I think everyone understands the upside that he brings to the table. We caught some glimpses of that even in the spring game, and that competition is still believed to be wide open at that one corner, and then some versatility that you have maybe even with some of the sub package roles there, not necessarily directly involving Jaquincy McKentry, but if he's too good at corner to keep off the field, um, you know, there's some other things you can do as well. Although I think my guy Malachi Moore obviously will be a, a fixture and all that. Hey, um, number eight overall, I'm going with Mr. Underappreciated and that's Justin Avoigby. I need a defensive end at this point, a true defensive end. And I feel like he's going to give me consistency. I know he's going to be extremely tough against the run. Still waiting on him a little bit as a pass rusher. Uh, Situationally, there are some things because of Alabama's depth that maybe he won't be as involved as much. I think some of his stock for 2021, Charlie, is sort of directly tied to, say, LeBron Ray's health like a few of these guys. And, you know, if LeBron stays healthy, it's probably going to get some of these guys off the field or keep them off the field in passing situations. But I've seen what Justin Aboyby can do on early downs. I think even on second down in the nickel where the run is still a viable possibility, he'll be out there. So give me Justin Aboyby there at number eight overall. I like it. I figured you were going to go that route, and I was going to take the other guy. I think that Aboigby and Byron Young are, are kind of linked together. And mm-hmm. for Byron Young, you know, he's a guy that he had six and a half tackles for loss. You know, that was sixth best on the defense, and you take into account you had guys like Chris Allen and Will Anderson who are among the top ten in the SEC. You had Christian Barmore with the season he had. Um, I'll take it. You know, He's another guy that can bring a – a little bit of a pass rush. He's solid in run defense. So yeah, I'll round out my defensive line with, with Byron Young to pair him with uh, Phil Mathis and uh, LeBron Ray. It might not be necessarily the biggest. I can play Mathis there, I guess, at the nose. But uh, I feel pretty good about those three, especially with, with Will Anderson and, and Chris Allen on the bookends. Yeah, you're going to have some twitch and some speed and athleticism. Um, yeah, Byron Young has shown that he can make some plays and uh, – negative plays things like that i guess i'm i'm sort of building a fortress around my two inside linebackers my top two <laughs> picks so they'll just be freed up to run wild you know and make plays from sideline to sideline um number nine overall for me i guess you know at some point i gotta continue to look maybe on the back end i need a legitimate edge pass rusher i'm kind of stuck there and i'm not quite ready to totally extend myself in that regard so when i look at what's left on this board here and kind of tough but you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take another damn linebacker i'm gonna take Jalen moody no. at number nine. Wow. yes i'm taking three inside linebackers i'm gonna tell you what i'm gonna do charlie i'm gonna play one of those guys at 
say, strong side. And I know it doesn't really match up maybe with the skill sets as much, but I think one of those three I can get away with in my base and nickel looks even. Um, but I'm just going best. I'm going best defensive player, in my opinion, that's still on my board. And that's that's where I'm at on the board. I'm Jalen Moody, so that's that's where I'm taking him. I'll figure it out at linebacker between the inside and outside spots, Charlie. Uh, Did I block sense. you, Charlie? Did I block you? I already wrote yeah. it down. I had to mark it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go with the guy who uh, played with that first team defense in the the eight eight game, who played beside Jalen Moody. I'll go with Deontay Lawson with I my it. yeah. Um, I, I really like I'm I'm gonna go with some young inside linebackers. That's gonna be the hole in my defense. But um I think what we saw in the eight eight game makes you feel better for, if you're an Alabama fan about the depth and the future of the position. You obviously know what you have in Christian Harris. He wasn't there in the eight eight game. You're bringing in Henry Toa Toa, he's a you know, two year starter at Tennessee, led the Vols in tackles. Um but with the just the ability that these guys showed um, you, you got to feel good about the inside linebacker position. He had four tackles, uh, a tackle for loss, a couple of pass breakups. You know, he was just disruptive out there. And I think it shows, you know, what they see in him that he was elevated to that first team, you know, play to play beside Jalen Moody. So I'll go with Deontay Lawson with my 10th pick. And, um, I hope, or I guess build for the future at the inside linebacker position. Yeah. I had Deontay Lawson as one of my fringe 22 on the draft board, it was going to be a newcomer in all likelihood among those 22 guys to go along with Quincy McKinstry, who you selected there uh, earlier at number eight overall. So I got to get back into the secondary one way or the other. And it gets a little tough because I don't have any, I don't have a sense of certainty uh, whether it's corner or even safety depth. I think there's a lot of, promise at both those positions when you look at the last recruiting class or so but I'll go Marcus Banks at number 10 because I've got Jalen Armour Davis at one corner I'll go Marcus Banks at the other corner Um, that gives me Malachi Moore as a hybrid player at safety star somewhere in there and then I have DeMarco Ellum so I need to kind of round out that secondary and I'll do it with Marcus Banks at number 10 overall. I like it. I think Marcus Banks is an underrated player. You know, we talk about obviously Josh Job coming back as the starter. I think Jalen Armour Davis had a good spring and so did Jaquincy McKinstry. And you're always talking about the new players. I mean, heck, you know, Kyrie Jackson coming on campus, all the, the young defensive backs. I think there's a lot of potential there. But, you know, Marcus Banks is a guy that's been around. Uh, I think the, the coaching staff feel good about. So that's a that's a good value pick i think they're at 10 especially since there are going to be four corners coming off the board here but for me i have to take an inside linebacker um i'm still mad about that Jalen moody pick. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> that was the christopher <laughs> allen revenge pick you didn't have to take christopher <laughs> allen in your top three well you took inside linebackers one two what am i supposed well, to do i took best available charlie i took I best available it. all right all right i'm gonna go here I, I didn't initially write him down um but i think he's healthy um, he's had some time to work with uh, David Ballou and, and Dr. Ray, and uh, I, I could go a, a, a bunch of different players here. Demoy Kennedy is a guy that had um, uh, seven tackles in the 8A game. He led the white defense. I thought he looked good. 
Um, you know, Jackson Bratton's another young player, Ian Jackson. He could have gone a, di- a, a few different uh, routes here, Kendrick Blackshire. But I'm going to go Shane Lee, the forgotten guy on this defense. All right, I like that. Started every game in his true freshman season. You know, Nick Saban mentioned him when he was talking about um, Christian Harris playing Mike or Will uh, in the spring. And he talked about how Shane Lee dealt with a, an injury last year. And uh, he's healthy now. And we didn't see him in the 8A game. He was one of those guys that was out. But, you know, when you're talking about uh, a deep inside linebacker room, for me to get him with the last pick and pair him with a, a freshman, I think his knowledge of the defense and his ability to quarterback it is invaluable. Hopefully he's a little faster, a little better in coverage. But I'm hoping that my, my big uglies up front can get after the quarterback fast enough and those defensive backs can, can hold their own that he can do some damage there in the middle. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have enough speed and athleticism at the other spots, and not that you know Shane Lee can't make some plays outside the tackle box, but you do still need a physical presence right there up the middle, and Shane Lee can definitely give you that. I've got to have, on the other hand, I feel like I got to have an edge defender here at some point. I haven't really addressed that yet. Um, it's an intriguing scenario to consider because. We saw Chris Braswell on A-Day, and he did mm-hmm. some nice things. Uh, but we didn't see Drew Sanders. He was a one among the 20-plus guys that were, were out for the scrimmage. I haven't forgotten about Drew Sanders. There is some interest in going first-year guy here with this last pick because you could take a flyer on a five-star like Dallas Turner on the edge. Maybe he comes in and he gives you some of that right out the gates. Um I don't know if Drew Sanders is a true pass rusher as of this point, so it gets it's a little bit of a conflict there. I even considered the secondary with a guy like Terry and Arnold still coming in and the versatility he could give you back there. But ultimately, I think I'm going to go safer and go with Drew Sanders. I've seen Drew Sanders as a true freshman. I think he may be more of a sort of strong side guy right now than the, the prototype Jack pass rusher like Will Anderson. Um, but I think he's athletic. He's got size. Uh, I think he's got upside certainly as an all around player on the edge. So I go drew Sanders there to wrap things up, Charlie. I like it. I like it. I think, uh, again, the, just the linebacking core in general, I think it's crazy. Really strong. And, uh, if you hadn't taken Jalen Moody, I think we'd have to, well, <laughs> you know, I kind of, I gotta, I gotta work that out. You know, I got to work that out with those three guys, but I, I think they, I think between the three, I can figure it out with Drew Sanders also in that mix. So here we go, Charlie. Your 11 selections you go Will Anderson, you go Josh Job, you go Christopher Allen, you go Jordan Battle, you go Phil Mathis, you go Brian Branch, LeBrian Ray, uh, JaQuincy McKinstry. Byron Young, uh, gosh, 10th overall. Deontay Lawson. Deontay Lawson, and then Shane Lee as your other inside linebacker. I I like like that. It's nice. (laughs) I want Christian Harris, Henry Toa Toa, Malachi Moore, DeMarco Ellums, DJ Dale, Tim Smith, Jalen Armour Davis, Justin Aboigby, um, Tenth overall, I went Jalen Moody to the dismay of young Charlie Potter. I went um, 
Marcus Banks, 10th overall, is a corner, and then Drew Sanders at outside linebacker. That's not a bad 22, Charlie, if I do say my, so myself. No, it isn't. And the crazy thing is there are guys that are left on the outside looking in. I mean, we mentioned several of them. Uh, guys who played down, some football. Yeah. Like Daniel I, Wright. I wrote down King Makuta, Chris Braswell, Demoy Kennedy. I even had, like you mentioned, Terry and Arnold, because I think, you know, depending on how the run on defensive backs went, I mean, I think he's a, a young player that can um, maybe find a role. So, yeah, I mean, I, you mentioned it at the top. The defense is is in good hands. If they can stay healthy, this can be a dominant group. It can be a lot of fun to watch. So I think doing this first um, was fun. I think it shows the depth. I think the offense is going to be maybe a little more challenging, and that should make for a lot of fun when we do that next time. Maybe we should have done a defensive coaching staff draft. No, 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 no. <laughs> we'll leave that to the guys and gals on the round table, right? I'm sure they. I'm sure they've got some uh, some strong opinions on drafting that coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball. You might be right. So yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it to uh, that. Yeah, we'll, we're we're just here for the fun. We're just here for yeah. the fun stuff. So yeah, we're going to keep what, it positive. We we have this because now it's time for Hank to earn his money because of oh the, gosh, it. man. So uh, Hank. I hope Hank has a football helmet on for these That's next true. 30 days. You That's know true. I mean? Wow. If I was You're the him, real I'd MVP, Hank. I'd, I'd get those kids to help out. Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> it's never too early. Never too early. No doubt about that. But uh, Hank, in all seriousness, if you haven't already been to the website, which I know you have, but everything you need to know about June recruiting. I mean, it's biblical almost. If you're a recruiting fan, how you need to access that information from Hank South. And, of course, we're going to keep you updated on all things Alabama Crimson Tide. This was a fun one, Charlie. Thanks for the idea. Thanks for taking part. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'll uh, I'll throw around that executive producer idea to Tim and see what we can do. Yeah, with that. I, I, look, man, you know I've been trying to title you up for a while now. So <laughs> if it were up to me, it'd be slam dunk. But anyway – for Charlie Potter, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us right here on the Bama Online Podcast. Thanking you as well for joining us right there at Bama Online. Come hang out with us on the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama Crimson Tide fans globally. For Charlie, Travis, thanks again. Take care. We'll talk to you again real soon. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.